Good evening. My name is Dewan Nelson, and I will be your moderator for this class. Welcome to another lecture given by the members of the Southfield Michigan class. This is a school and not a church, and neither are we affiliate with, affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious, and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh, our Elohim, and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Heron Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We hold classes in the United States, Canada, and certain other foreign countries. The Southfield, Michigan class was established in 1997. The Dean of the Southfield Michigan class is Dr. Marvin Lewis, and the president is Dr. Edward Ewell, the vice president, Dr. Ron Atkins. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been appropriately substituted by Lord. The true title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been appropriately substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means Elohim is the title that our Creator chose for Himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part in, in a good dictionary or encyclopedia will prove that neither the Hebrew language, the Greek language, nor the Latin language have any characters or letters in their alphabet that will produce the sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus and Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and original name our Father and his, of our Father and his Son. Christ is a title, just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit, and in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because the cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you that everything on this chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. 
Yahweh, knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being, that is, having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form could only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelations. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now, there is only one name given unto salvation, and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question that we should ask ourselves is, what was the name of the Savior during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preference of the Holy Name Bible. Also, at this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in a vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of most holy place, a holy place, and a court roundabout. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we will show proof that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and function of this threefold tabernacle pattern, and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The primary constitutional objectives and aims are as follows. First, to help you find and know Yahweh, our Elohim, as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity in Yahshua the Messiah without the distinction of race or nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstition, skepticism, and ignorance. Six, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seventh, to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And tenth, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in the new earth state. Our watchword 
peace. Our slogan is to speak the truth. At this time, we will have a prayer by from our Detroit uh, class, Janine Whitfield, followed by a scripture reading. I'll announce it after the prayer. Okay. Dr. Whitfield. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Let us all bow our hearts and minds in a moment of prayer. Heavenly Father, Yahweh, we thank you for giving us another opportunity to come together. We ask, Father, that you open our hearts and open our minds to receive the, the blessing and the food that you've prepared for us. Father, we ask that you allow us to continue to progress and to continue to stretch and to learn as much as we can while we can. These and all blessings we ask in the name of your dear son, our brother, Yahshua the Messiah. Let us all say hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Dr. Woodfield. The scripture reading for today will be Hebrews, the eighth chapter. And I'll be reading from the King James Version, substituting the true names where appropriate. Now of the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. We have such an high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which Yahweh pitched and not man. For every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices. Wherefore, it is of necessity that this man have somewhat also to offer. For if he were on earth, he should not be a priest, seeing that there are, there are priests that offer gifts according to the law, who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things, as Moses was admonished of, admonished of Yahweh when he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, saith he, that thou makest all things according to the pattern showed thee in the mount. But now hath he, uh, uh, excuse me, but now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry. By how much also, by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. For finding fault with them, he saith, Behold, the days come, saith Yahweh, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, saith Yahweh. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith Yahweh. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a Elohim, and they shall be to me a people. And they shall not they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know ye Yahweh, for all shall know me, from the least to the greatest. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. In that he saith a new covenant, he hath made the first old. Now that which, is, that which decayeth waxeth old and is ready to vanish away. That was Hebrews, the eighth chapter.
for joining in tonight and tuning in. And tonight is our pleasure uh, to call on the president of the Southfield class, Dr. Edward Yule. Dr. Yule. Good evening, class. Good evening. I'm extremely glad to be present anytime to attend one of these classes because you never leave empty handed. If you have ears to hear, uh, you will be blessed with some revelation that you didn't know the last time you attended a class. And I've been finding that to be true after coming down here over 35 years. And uh, this is the best thing ever happened to me is that I was chosen to learn, know, and understand the purpose of Yahweh and how salvation has been successfully obtained for those who believe on the one that was sent, and that is in Yahshua the Messiah. And these scriptures here, which Yahshua the Messiah always said, um, go back to the law and the prophets or beginning at Moses and all the prophets, everything in that first 39 books of the Bible concerned him and was fulfilled by him. Jot and tittle, he didn't miss a beat. And so in going through, this is like the middle of a story, uh, Jeremiah, who was um, really chosen by Yahweh um, to be a prophet, he came along at the time that there was the northern ten tribes, tribes had been exiled from what was called Israel. And he came along from about 640 to 609 BBY before the birth of Yahshua. And just get over there in um, Jeremiah chapter one and start at the fourth verse and read through the 10th. And that gives us a little background on who Jeremiah was. And he was a prophet and a minister. And so his prophecies came to fruition and he ministered and told them what was gonna happen four times just like he did in the 31st chapter. So just start right there and get us some background on Jeremiah, who he was. All right, that's Jeremiah 1 and 1. 1 and, start at 4, 1 and 4. Jeremiah 1 and yes, 4. Then the word of Yahweh came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before you see this? That... You see this? In other words, Yahweh had picked this boy up even before he was born. That's the same thing he's done with us. If we come to recognize it, we were chosen from the beginning mm -hmm. to be sons. So here he's been chosen to be a prophet and a minister. But just go ahead. Start that over again there, Dorian. Mm -hmm. uh, it's fourth verse, one and four. Then the word of Yahweh came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Then said I, Ah, Yahweh Elohim, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But Yahweh said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith Yahweh. Then Yahweh put forth his hand and touched my mouth 
And Yahweh said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down and to build and to plant. Oh, that's so beautiful to see how this prophet and minister and all the things that he wrote that were true and that Yahshua the Messiah fulfilled. So just go up 31 and 31 through 34. Okay. Now, this is sometime into his ministry. In other words, before he was even born, he was preordained. And then Yahweh just got into him like he got in all those other prophets, told him precisely what to say throughout the law and the prophets. Read. It's Jeremiah 31 and 31. Behold, the days come, saith Yahweh, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break, although I was an husband unto them, saith Yahweh. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith Yahweh, I will put my law in their inward parts. Yeah, get, the, cru it. get the crucifixion chart and see he's telling them that he's going to make a new covenant, not like the one that he had gave them under the Old Testament or old court cardinal ordinances, which mm -hmm. I want to just get those. In other words, he's going to put his law in their inward parts mm -hmm. and uh, just and confirm that in the Hebrews uh, 8, start around 8, 10 and 13, say, I'm going to, which it says the same thing that Paul is writing about, right. Jeremiah is writing about. That was That's in the scripture lesson, read. That's Hebrews 8 and uh, let me start at 8, maybe. Yeah, that's good there. I'll start at 7. Mm -hmm. For for if if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought. look again. This here was not faultless. This mm -hmm. Old Testament, 603 laws and uh, 10 commandments. Bring it to 613 things that Yahweh said you had to do, which was a covenant with them. And then I want to just pick up how you merit them to make this possible. But he said, it's not going to be this new one, not going to be like the old one, because mm -hmm. they broke that daily for some 300, 400 years. Mm -hmm. But this new one, which we'll get to, is going to be put in the heart and mind. Mm -hmm. But go ahead and show how they broke that covenant in Exodus, um, how that covenant was established. Exodus 19 and uh, start around three and See, in these scriptures that are identified, everybody have to read for themselves before and after. And I'm just trying to get to the main points of um, how this old covenant, in other words, behold, the days come, I'm going to make a new covenant. Not like this one that he made back here in the wilderness of Sinai. We're going to get to that too. But read right here where you uh, merit them. And Exodus? Yes, 19.3. All right, that's Exodus 19 and 3. And Moses went up unto Elohim, and Yahweh called unto him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bear you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. Uh, sorry. Now therefore, if ye will obey my voice indeed, and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people. 
Now he's promising part. he's promising them something special. Mm. Otherwise, but they had a condition. Go ahead. Now therefore, if you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, then ye shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which thou, which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. Mm -hmm. And Moses came and called for the elders of the people and laid before their faces all these words was, which Yahweh commanded him. And all the people answered together and said, all that Yahweh hath spoken, we will do. Mm -hmm. And Moses returned the words of the people unto Yahweh. Now, see there, they married. He said, well... Everything, if you do right, you're going to be way above everybody on earth. But that was the covenant made with them. And see, the cat out of the bag is that he knew they couldn't keep it. So go over there to what those commandments, at least those first few, uh, Exodus um, 20. 21 through 5. All right, that's Exodus 20th chapter. And Elohim spake all these words, saying, I am Yahweh, thy Elohim, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other deities before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them nor serve them. For I, Yahweh, thy Elohim, am a jealous Elohim visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Okay, so he's given them these things to do and not to do. Mm -hmm. and so in those Ten Commandments, I think the first seven was about what to do for Yahweh, the other do with the people or your neighbor, or, you, or either vice versa, three and seven. But at any rate, um, he set that up with them. In other words, and they already say, well, we're going to be obedient and do everything you do. So then mm -hmm. later on, he called Moses up so that he could confirm these uh, 10 laws or this commandment or this covenant that he's given them. Uh, uh, get a Exodus 24, read one through three. It's Exodus 24th chapter, 24 and one. And he mm -hmm. said unto Moses, come up unto Yahweh, thou and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu and 70 of the elders of Israel, and worship ye afar off. And Moses alone shall come near Yahweh, but they shall not come nigh, neither shall the people go up with him. And Moses came and told the people all the words of Yahweh, and all the judgments, and all the people answered with one voice, and said, all the words with Yah which Yahweh hath said, we will do. Okay, there's again, he got a confirmation. Now, go to the uh, Moses chart. Um, and where Moses went up, actually went up, then Moses went up, uh, get over there, nine and 10. Then went up Moses, Aaron, they were up by you, seven of the elders. Okay. Sorry. 24-9. Ah, 24-9-10, all right. Mm -hmm. Exodus 24, nine and nine verse. Then went up Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and 70 of the elders of Israel. Now, and just for in, anyone that's looking at this on screen, it is stupendous for anyone to be able to graphically put down what was written in words into graphic pictorial form with such accuracy. 
In other words, showing, and this was Dr. Henry Clifford Kennedy, which we have written up on the top of this. Sorry for taking so long to introduce him. He's the author of this particular vision and the revelation. In other words, showing you. Um, I have read the Bible in my life probably three or four times in its entirety, and I never saw anything in my wildest dreams of how this looked or happened as I was reading the Bible. But coming here, you not only can see, but you, it's shown to you to where Moses, Aaron, Nabal, Abihu, and these 70 elders, they went up into this mountain and keep reading from there. And they saw the Elohim. I'm sorry, I was on mute. And they saw that, that's the uh, 10th verse. And they saw the Elohim of Israel. And there was under his feet, as it were, a paved work of a sapphire stone. Mm -hmm. And as it were, the body of heaven in his clearness. And upon the nobles of the children of Israel, he laid not his hand. Also, they saw Elohim and did eat and drink. Okay, so I'm going to chop this up. So Moses was up there some 40 uh, days on this second trip up here. And so up here, while he's up here, Joshua told him to come back down. I, didn't, I don't want to get that scripture, but I think it's the 32nd or 34th verse of Exodus, where coming down, he broke these tables of the covenant or of the law because they had corrupted themselves, breaking the first part of the law, saying you shouldn't have nothing, no other gods or images before me. And they built this golden calf. See that they built this golden calf, although they had been down here 400 years and spiteful treatment with these Egyptians. He delivered them out of there. And since Moses was gone, after they didn't see him for that 40 days, they built this golden calf to corrupt themselves. So that shows you they had nothing in them. And so they broke this covenant right here. In other words, where you always say, Behold, today come, I'm going to make a new covenant, not like this one that he made with them back here because they broke it, you see. But um, they moved on after they broke this covenant. Um, he had them side up, who's going to be on one side, who's going to be on the other. But at any rate, uh, he had to go up there and get some new stones. And those third stones, uh, that set of, that second set of stones, uh, they were able to put in the tabernacle. That's, when he had the first one, this tabernacle wasn't built, so he had nowhere to put them. But that's all in Yahweh's purpose too. But he showed that they would break that. And it's like breaking his heart because they defied all those things that they said I do to twice, not just once, but twice. Okay, now I want to go back to um, who these children of Israel and these children uh, of Judah were. And if we just go to um, Genesis 48, um, and this is Jacob when he was near his time of death. He called all of his sons in and they were renouncedly glad because they had been down in Egypt without food. And the glorious thing about it was his favorite son was discovered to be second in charge in, in Egypt. And he brought all of his people starting with 70 souls up there and they multiplied into um, a multitude. And so Joseph, Jacob was very glad to see him. And I'm chopping this up. You have to read all of Genesis. See how a couple of times they went down there to buy food, but eventually they all 
move there with him. Joseph convinced them to, but toward the end, he wanted to move out of there. So they all came out under this mighty hand. So get over here in 48 and then uh, 49, get 48 first, 48, one and- That's Exodus, 48th chapter. Genesis rather. I'm sorry, yeah, Genesis, 48th chapter. And it came to pass after these things that one told Joseph, behold, thy father is sick. And he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. Mm -hmm. And one told Jacob and said, behold, thy son jo Joseph cometh unto thee. And Israel strengthened himself and sat upon the bed. And Jacob said unto Joseph, Elohim Almighty hath appeared unto me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me and said unto me, behold, I will make thee fruitful and multiply thee, and I will make thee a multitude of people. And I, excuse me, and will give this land to thy seed after thee for an everlasting possession. And now thy two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh, which were born unto thee in the land of Egypt before I came unto thee into Egypt, are mine, as Reuben and Simeon, they shall be mine. And thy issue, which thou begettest after them, shall be mine, and shall be called after the name of their brethren in their inheritance. And as for me, when I came from Padan, Rachel died by me in the land of Canaan in the way, when yet there was but a little way to come unto Ephrath. And I buried, buried her there in the way to Ephrath. The same is Bethlehem. Mm -hmm. And Israel beheld Joseph's sons and said, who are, who are these? And Joseph said unto his father, these are my sons, who Elohim hath given me in this place. And he said, Bring them, I pray thee, unto me, and I will bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were dim for age, so that he could not see. And he brought them nearer to him, and he kissed them and embraced them. And Israel said unto Joseph, I had not thought to see thy face, and lo, Elohim hath showed me also thy seed. And Joseph brought them out from between his knees, and he bowed himself with his face to the earth. And Joseph took them both. Ephraim in his right hand toward Israel's left hand, and Manasseh in his left hand toward Israel's right hand, and brought them near unto him. And Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it upon Ephraim's head, who was the younger, and his left, left hand upon Manasseh's head, guiding his hands wittingly, for Manasseh was the firstborn. And he blessed Joseph and said, Elohim, before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac did walk, the Elohim which fed me all my life, my life long until this day, the angel which redeemed me from all evil, bless the lads, and let my name be named on them, and the name of my fathers, Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. Okay, so that just shows how Jacob, being the father of Israel, or the father of the nations, or the 12 tribes, um, he took and blessed his two grandsons, whose mother was a uh, Pharaoh's daughter, which made her a princess. Asenath was her name, and she had these two boys. So they uh, became a part of the tribes of Israel. Now get over real quick, page 81 in volume one of the textbook to show you how they were assembled. Now you see, um, in the east, you had Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, Reuben, Simon, Gad, and Gad on the south. 
on the west, Ephraim and Manasseh and Benjamin. Oddly enough, you don't have, okay, you get over here on the, the north, uh, Naphtali, Asher, and Dan. And so you don't see uh, Joseph and Levi, although Levi's offspring are in the under court because they had jobs to do in Corinth and then Merida. And uh, so, but at any rate, those are the tribes when you, when that Jeremiah is talking about, behold, the days come. He's not talking about all of his 12 true sons, but his 10 sons and two grandsons, two grandsons been Ephraim and Manasseh. So actually, and I'll chop this up, when they crossed Jordan, uh, Joseph's baby boy got the choice land, which was in Samaria, um, Mount Ephraim, mountain named after him, and all the descendants, and that's another story. So Manasseh, he got his east of the Jordan River, his land is inheritance, and on the west side of the bank of River Jordan. So, and then Benjamin was his baby boy, Benjoni, who was Jacob's favorite, and uh, he, his, his mom, whom uh, Jacob loved, died. Now, again, those first six sons, Reuben, Simon, Levi, Judah, Issachar, and Zebulun were all born under Lee. And he had to work, Jacob had to work to have Lee as his wife, but he really wanted Rachel, which he had Joseph and Benjamin by. But Joseph gave salvation to all of them, and then his two sons got that inheritance. Now, there's a lot more in that in the textbook, and if you read in numbers, numbers who they were before they went as spies up to uh, cross over in Canaan. But I wanted to move from there to uh, Genesis 49 um, and one through 10. And this is uh, important too, to understand um, that they were together, but they, as one tribe, and, and that comes up later, but just read that. Um, it's Genesis 49 and one. And Jacob called unto his sons and said, gather yourselves together that I might, I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. Gather yourselves together and hear, ye sons of Jacob, and hearken unto Israel, your father. Reuben, thou art my firstborn, my might, and the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity and the excellency of power. Unstable as water, thou shalt not excel, because thou winnest up to thy father's bed, then defilest thou it. Now you see that, see, he's the oldest, but he defiled him by mm -hmm. going and sleeping with Zilpah, his uh, handmaid, mm -hmm. read. He went up to my couch. Simeon and Levi are brethren. Instruments of cruelty are in their habitations. O my soul, come not thou into their secret, unto their assembly, mine honor, be not thou united. For in their anger they slew a man. And in now, their let me just interrupt you there. What happened mm -hmm. that when um, they were in Shechem and their baby sister, the seventh child of Lee, um, had a liking for one of these Canaanites, and he had a liking for him, and so he had slept with her. And he asked uh, Joseph, "Can uh, I have your daughter in hand?" And so he agreed, but I mean, he had Jacob rather, and but so. Um, Levi and Simeon, they didn't, they were, as he said, they were brutal and 
had them all to get circumcised while they were sick, healing. They came in and killed them all. That's in Genesis 2. I don't know, it's earlier in the chapter, but just continue. But go back and start all that again, where he talks about their character. Okay. The oldest one slept with his, one of his women. Okay. These two killed a person he told them that he had made friends with, actually bought land from. Mm -hmm. Keep reading. All right, you start that over, you said? Yeah. Uh -huh. All right, that's the third verse. Uh, that's Genesis 49 and 3. Reuben, thou art my firstborn, my might, and the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity and the excellency of power. Unstable as water, thou shalt not excel, because thou wentest up to thy father's bed, then defilest it. He went up to my couch. Simeon and Levi are brethren. Instruments of cruelty are in their habitations. O my soul, come not thou into their secret, unto their assembly, mine honor, be, thou, be not thou united. For in their anger they slew a man, and in their self-will they digged down a wall. Cursed be their anger, for it was fierce, and their wrath, for it was cruel. I will divide them in Jacob, and scatter them in Israel. Hmm. Judah, thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Thy father's children shall bow down before thee. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He stooped down, he couched as a lion, and as a old lion, who shall rouse him up? The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. And, and that's referring to Yahshua, so uh, that's why Yahshua come out of the tribe of Judah as well as Mary, but uh, he is the kingship of those 12 sons, in other words, but he was the fourth born. Had Reuben been straight, you know, he would have been likened into the kingship, but this was all again, preordained and planned by Yahweh Elohim through Yahshua. Mm -hmm. So um, they, after these brothers um, went on to go back to the Moses chart, they, um, okay, so they out here for some um, 40 years, you know, and they thought they were going to cross over into heaven in, in uh, like 40 days, but they got punished for being disobedient. So in other words, you can see already that they had broken that covenant with that golden calf and then killing people. And so get over there, um, start with Joshua 16, and uh, show you where the baby boy got his inheritance, Ephraim. All right, All right it's Joshua 16 and 1. Yes, uh-huh. And the lot of the children of Joseph fell from Jordan by Jericho unto the water of Jericho on the east, to the wilderness that goeth up from Jericho throughout Mount Bethel, and goeth out from Bethel to Luz, and passeth, passeth along unto the borders of Ark, excuse me, Archie, Archie to Adaroth, and goeth down westward to the coast of Japheti, unto the coast of Betharon, to the nether, and to Gezer, and to, excuse me, and the goings out thereof are at the sea. Now, anyone that's got good Bibles that have maps in the back during that era, you can see that he had the choices land in the northern kingdom area, which would later become Samaria, the capital of Israel, 
because they were up there. They were up there some 200 years um, in Canaan land before they were taken out by the Assyrians. But um, was there any more of that? Yeah, uh, two more verses. Mm -hmm. Exodus, I mean, excuse me, Joshua 16 and 4. So the children of Joseph, Manasseh, and Ephraim took their inheritance. And the border of the children of Ephraim, according to their families, was thus. Even the border of their inheritance on the east side was Adarothadar unto Bethoron, the upper. Mm -hmm. you to, that's 17, now, Joshua 17, 1 to 5. Oh, I'm sorry. I just. Hold on one second. I just closed that by mistake. Uh, mm -hmm. anyway. Take your time. Now, you see, these boys got the um, inheritance because Jacob recognized how important Joseph was to see they got the choices land in Canaan land, a type of heaven. You said Joshua 17 and what? One through five. All right, that's Joshua 17 and one. There was also a lot for the tribe of Manasseh, for he was the firstborn of Joseph, to wit, for Machir, the firstborn of Manasseh, the father of Gilead because he was a man of war. Therefore, he had Gilead and Bashan. There was also a lot for the rest of the children of Manasseh by their families, for the children of Abizar, and for the children of Helek, and for the children of Azrael, and for the children of Shechem, and for the children of Hefer, and for the children of Shemida. These were the male children of Manasseh, the son of Joseph, by their families. Okay. Or for that's enough of there. So just, just showing that uh, Ephraim and Manasseh had uh, been given um, blessing by Jacob and that they, when they got to Canaan land or that type of heaven, they would have that land. But see, all of them become corrupt up there in the uh, Northern Kingdom. So go to um, First Kings um, 11 and 1. All right. That's First, first Kings. But King Solomon loved many strange women together with the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, the Zenians, and Hittites. Of the nations concerning which, which Yahweh had said unto the children of Israel, ye shall not go into them, neither shall you come in unto you, neither shall they come in unto you. For surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. Solomon clave unto these in love. And he had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines. Now, hold on. That's like a thousand women. It'll take them three years to get around to all of them just to say hello. <laughs> so right. he, this is that toward the end of his age because every time everyone in that providence, when uh, Solomon was so wise that they brought him gifts of gold, silver, just made him richer. And then uh, as he got older, uh, he wanted that to keep flowing in because he had such great expenses on running all of the royalties uh, in, um, in all of the land. That would include it from Israel, which is now Turkey, all the way back down to Judah. All those areas he had control over as king. King Solomon. So uh, how far are you there on that? What, what verse? I'm at, I'm at the third verse right now. Okay, keep going. All right. And he had 700 wives, princesses, and 300 concubines. 
and his wives turned away his heart. For it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not perfect. With Yahweh Elohim as uh, was the heart of David, his father. For Solomon went after Ashereth, the goddess of the Zidianites, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. And Solomon did, evil, Sol Solomon did evil in the sight of Yahweh and went not fully after Yahweh as David, his father. Okay, so that's sure again where he's breaking the covenant that uh, Yahweh had made with them. Okay, now um, just drop uh, down to 11 and 26. Now there's in between uh, verse eight and 26, there's a lot of more information about what was happening back there with Solomon. And uh, just read from there where I just mentioned. All right, so 11 and 26. And Jeroboam, the son of Nebet, and an Ephraite, of Zerita, Solomon's servant, whose mother's names were Zura, a widow woman, even he lifted up his hand against the king. And this was the cause that he lifted up his hand against the king. Solomon built Milo, Milo and repaired the breaches of the city of David, his father. And the man Jeroboam was a mighty man of valor. And Solomon, seeing this young man, that he was industrious, he made him ruler over all the charge of now, the this, house of Joseph. This was a big mistake. He chose uh, Jeroboam to be a ruler, but Jeroboam backdoored him, went down to Egypt and became friend with Shiloh, I mean, uh, with Shishak, uh, the pharaoh of Egypt, pharaoh and king of Egypt. And so as a result of that, um, when Solomon found out, he had a hit out on Jeroboam. So Jeroboam went down to Egypt for about four or five years before he came back up to become king. But just um, read there, uh, 26 to 35 and then 40. All right, we're at the uh, 29. And it came to pass at that time when Jeroboam went out of Jerusalem that the prophet Ahiah the Siloite found him in the way, and he had clad himself with a new garment, and they too were alone in the field. And Ahiah caught the new garment that was on him and rent it in 12 pieces. So he took his clothes off of uh, Jeroboam, and, and he's a prophet, and cut it into 12 pieces, read. And he said to Jeroboam, take these, take these 10 pieces. For thus saith Yahweh our Elohim, behold, I will rend the kingdom out of the hand of Solomon and will give 10 tribes to thee. So here, this is where the separation that um, Jeremiah said, behold, the days come, I'm going to make a new covenant with the house of Israel. This is the beginning of the house of Israel being separated from the two brothers left in Judah, which was Judah and Benjamin. So those brothers, they become tribes or territories in the north, which Jeroboam, here again, this prophet is prophesying that, just read what you're talking about, cutting up those 12 pieces, and that corresponds to the 10 in the north and the two in the southern kingdom. Mm -hmm. And he said to Jeroboam, take the 10 pieces, 
For thus saith Yahweh our Elohim, Behold, I will rend the kingdom out of the hand of Solomon and will give ten tribes to thee. But he shall have one tribe for my servant David's sake and for Jerusalem's sake, the city which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel. Because that they have forsaken me and have worshipped Asheroth, the goddess of the Zinians. Now see there again, breaking the covenant of having other gods, Asheroth, the uh, female deity um, god that they served, and the other one was Mother Melkon. It was Shemosh, the god of the Moabites. Okay, the Moabites. So the Moabites, uh, they were, oh, that's so much in that too, because the Moabites and the Ammonites were descendants of Lot through his daughters. Both of his daughters had a son, one named Moab, one named Ammon. And so they occupied the area from Jericho on the uh, east bank of the Jordan River all the way down to um, where the Dead Sea is. And if you're looking at them on a map. So those areas they battled with. Matter of fact, when they were coming up out of Egypt, the Moabites didn't want them to pass through the land of their cousins who was Lot's kids' sons. <laughs> so at any rate, just read where you're at. And Milcom, the God of the children of Ammon, and have not walked in my ways, to do that which is right in my eyes, and to keep my statutes and my judgments as David his father. Howbeit, I will not take the whole kingdom out of his hand, but I will make him prince all the days of his life for David, my servant's sake, whom I chose because he kept my commandments and my statutes. Okay. So he's just showing the difference between them at that point. So now just go down to um, the rest of the division between the two tribes, uh, the, uh, the two kingdoms, the kingdom of Israel and kingdom of Judah. First uh, Kings 12 and start read one through five there. And All right, that's first Kings one and uh, 12, 12 and one, I'm sorry. And Rehoboam went to Sketchum for all Israel will come to Sketchum uh, to make. Okay, the, 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 so here's what, and Sikam was really the in uh, Samaria, and that's where they actually had the uh, tabernacle up there when the uh, Philistines had stole it from them, and so, but then that's another story. Oh, okay. All right. We got here, you can see the different colors. See the tribes of Israel, uh, those, all, everybody over there in uh, green, the tribes of Judah are those down here in the uh, lavender color. So, and again, the 10 tribes up here, those 10, excluding Levi and Joseph, and then Judah and Benjamin had this area here that was their inheritance. And so they were separated here. And, and there's a lot in why they were separated. Um, when Rehoboam, who was Solomon's son, became king, we're about to read that now. He was up here in Sechem and Ray, Jeroboam chased him out of there. So he had to rush, you know, get back out of there to come back to Judah to keep from getting killed by this new king of the 10 tribes. It may be in there, but it's somewhere in that in Kings 
read that um, where Rehoboam king was in Shechem where he was appointed as king after Solomon. Okay. So we're at, we're at uh, 12, 12 and, and one. 1. Yep. And Rehoboam went to Sketchum for all Israel will come to Sketchum to make him king. And it came to pass with Jeroboam, the son of Nebet, who was yet in Egypt, heard of it. For he was fled from the presence of King Solomon and Jeroboam. He, and that's where he had left because Solomon had a hit out on him since he found out he was, you know, in bed with Shishak down in Egypt. Read on. That they sent and called him and Jeroboam and all of the congregation of Israel came and spake unto Rehoboam, saying, Thy father made our yokes grievous. Now See, there's... Talking, let me tell what he's talking about today was uh, Solomon was putting tariffs on him, say, y'all help me keep this glorious building and all of the king's things by bringing me money, silver and gold. So when Jeroboam become king of this 10 tribes, he's saying, man, we're not going to do this like your daddy had us doing. So this is what he's reading about right here. Read. Thy father made our yoke grievous. Now, therefore, make thou the grievous service of thy father and his heavy yoke, which he put upon us lighter, and we will serve thee. So and then they did, they didn't, they, what he, Jeroboam tells them, we'll follow you if you take them tariffs and those taxes and that weight of what we had to bring to you on a regular basis, like we did to your daddy. We don't want to do that no more. So, this is where the conflict between those two tribes occurred here, read. And he said unto them, depart yet for three days, then come again to me, and the people departed. Okay, and King Rib, you want me to go down? Go down to 16, 12 and King. 16. Okay, 12 and 16. Mm -hmm. So when all Israel saw that the king hearkened not unto them, the people answered the king saying, what portion have we in David? Neither have we inheritance in the son of Jesse to your tents, O Israel. Now see to thine own house, David. So Israel departed unto their tents. But as for the children of Israel, which dwelt in the cities of Judah, Rehoboam reigned over them. The king Rehoboam sent uh, Adoram, who was over the, the tribute, and all Israel stoned him with stones that he died. Therefore, King Rehoboam made speed to get him up to his chariot to flee to Jerusalem. So he had to get out of there, you know, because they weren't going to pay. And that's what that was about. So drop to 20, 20 through 25. 20, yeah, 20 verse. Mm -hmm. And it came to pass when all Israel heard that Jeroboam was come again, that they sent and called him unto the congregation and made him king over all Israel. There was none that followed the house of David, but the tribe of Judah only. And when Rehoboam had, was come to Jerusalem, he assembled all the house of Judah with the tribe of Benjamin and hundred and four score thousand chosen men, which were warriors to fight against the house of Israel to bring the kingdom again to Rehoboam, the son of Solomon. Okay, so Rehob Solomon's son wanted to, to, to get back at him and he had a hundred over 100,000 men and then um, whoever the prophet was there told him not to do that. But at any rate, um, just go to 1 Kings 12 and 28 through 34. And this is what 
um, Rehoboam's, I mean, Jeroboam's first actions when he became king. All right. 12, 28 through 24. Whereupon the king took counsel and made two cows of gold and said unto them, it is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Behold, behold. So they don't, want to, they don't want to go back to Jerusalem to worship no more. So he's up in his new kingdom. He's going to say, we want to build us some that we can worship. Two golden calves, which they already had defiled themselves when they first come out of Egypt with building a golden calf. But he topped that, read that where he's building two golden calves. Whereupon the king took counsel and made two calves of gold and said unto them, it is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Behold thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And he set them one in Bethel and the other in Dan. And this thing became a sin for the people went to worship. Now you see this in other words, he's forcing these people to break the covenant. Say, let's, we're not gonna worship Yahweh no more. Let's worship some golden calves. One up in Dan and the other one is, what was the other one? Uh, Dan and uh, Bethel. Bethel, yeah, okay. So that's where they were put. And you can see those on any Bible that's got uh, maps in the back. That that's where they had two golden calves instead of a temple to worship. <laughs> um, and uh, I can't see it exactly, but you have to look close Dan. That's Bethel. I don't see Dan on there. Yeah. Well, that's, um, there's a lot of Bibles that have them in there, but at any rate, that's where, where it's talking about. Those two golden calves are in those areas. And if you look at, if you even Google that in, with a Google map, it'll show you where they are in the Middle East. And um, the other thing that he did was he eliminated the Levitical priesthood. Um, this is what Jeroboam did. He eliminated the Levitical priesthood. So Dan and Bethel. You can go ahead and continue. I don't okay, know. Okay, yeah, go ahead. But at any rate, get over there. I think it's in the around the thirtieth verse, say, where he eliminated the, the uh, Levitical priesthood. Yep, right, uh, 31. And he made a house of high high places and made priests of the lowest of the people, <laughs> which which were not of the sons of Levi. In other words, he just eliminated uh, the Levitical priesthood. And so read the, the next couple of verses there. And Jeroboam ordained a feast in the eighth month of the 15th day of the month, like unto the feast that is in Judah. And he offered upon the altar. So did he in Bethel, sacrificing unto the calves that he made. And he had placed in Bethel the priest of the high places, which he had made. Now this is really uh, defined the covenant that Yahweh had made with the children of Israel. So now um, get um, Judges, the second chapter, and um, just to confirm how bad they had gotten uh, and see that Judges period after Joshua, the son of Nun, died, there was some 350 years that um, since they were already separated, they had real turmoil and they were fighting amongst each other 
in Canaan land, over the land that Yahweh had already given them. And just read the uh, Judges, the yeah. second chapter, start two and, two and one. Yes. Uh -huh. Okay. And an angel of Yahweh came up from Gilead to. Now, just uh, $64,000 question who was that angel? <laughs> that was <laughs> Yahshua, the son of Nun, or Yahweh, Elohim, through Yahshua, who had the power to be in all places at all times. But anyway, he came to them, that same angel that uh, Yahweh told Moses and them, follow that angel because he's going to take you all the way up to heaven. And that was Yahshua, the son of Nun. But that over here where you're reading, start that over there, uh, Dor I mean, uh, Duan. Okay. Yep. And an angel of Yahweh came up from Gilgal to Bokim and said, I made you to go up out of Egypt and have brought you into the land which I swear unto your fathers. Now, see here again, I took you all the way from down here, you're 400 and some 30 years in hell, death, hell, and the grave. I done brought you all the way out of there. And look how you acted. Read. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you. And ye shall make no league with the inhabitants of this land. Ye shall throw down their altars, but ye have not obeyed my voice. Now just Why? think about that. He say, not only did you not throw them down, but you built two more golden calves. Now you the husband, how would you treat her? Read. But ye have not obeyed my voice. Why have you done this? Wherefore I also said, I will not drive them out from before you, but they shall be as thorns in your sides, and their gods shall be a snare unto you. And it came to pass when the angel of Yahweh spake these words unto all the children of Israel, that the people lifted up their voice and wept. And they called the name of that place Bochum, and they sacrificed there unto Yahweh. And when, Yah and when Joshua had let the people go, the children of Israel went every man into his inheritance to possess the land. And the people served Yahweh all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of Yahweh that he did for Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of Yahweh, died being 110 years old. And they buried him in the border of the inheritance in the Timnatheris in the mountain of Ephraim on the north side of the hill of Gosh. Now see where they're buried, right where the choice land, and uh, that's still a known site today. And uh, I want to just stop that right there now. See, all of these things they did to show you that, and there's many more in between those stories, and um, well, they broke the covenant. Now, just take, um, go to a uh, plate in the um, plate 13 in the migratory pattern. 40 plates, right? Yeah. Now, what's so important is that um, you know in 1 Corinthians 10th chapter where you say all these things were written for an example where we won't mess up in this present kingdom age as they did. In other words, so 
looking at how they were down in Egypt. They took out a lamb to enable them to escape there. They crossed the Red Sea and they got out here in the wilderness and they was out here some 40 years. And so they um, sacrificed to atone their sins, but none of them that were born down here and came out here saving three, I think, Joshua, Caleb, and Phineas uh, crossed over into to heaven. And that shows, uh, uh, you get revelations uh, four and six um, about the promised land. And also in Hebrews, the 12th chapter, because Hebrews, you can get these real quick. All right, revelations four and six. Yes. Uh -huh. And before the throne, there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion and the second beast like a calf. And the third beast had a face as a man. And the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him. And they were full of eyes within. And they rest not day and night saying, holy, holy, holy. holy. So Yahweh Elohim Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Okay. So I just want to get that to show you that what the going from death, hell, and grave up to heaven was about. So then the King Hebrews 12 and 22 um, reaffirms it. I think that's on. Yeah, that's right here. Hebrews 12, 22. Hebrews, Hebrews 12 and 22. But ye are coming to Mount Zion and unto the city of the living Elohim. Excuse me, the heavenly Jerusalem. Now, this is and the heavenly to, Jerusalem. We're talking about the most heavenly place, mm -hmm. most holy place. Mm -hmm. Read. To the general assembly and to the general assembly of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to Elohim, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just, just men made perfect, and to Yahshua, the media, mediator of the new covenant. Into the blood of sprinkling. Now, this that, new covenant, this is not like the ones that they're talking back in those other ones. Let's read that one more one more time. And to Yahshua, the mediator of the new covenant, mm -hmm. and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Mm -hmm. See that ye refu refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven whose voice then shook the earth, but now he, he hath promised, saying, yet once more I shake not the earth only, but also heaven. And this word, excuse me, and this word, yet once more signifieth the removing of those things that are shaken, as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace, whereby we may serve Yahweh acceptably with reverence and holy fear. No. For Elohim, excuse me, for our Elohim is a consuming, consuming fire. fire. So that's how we want to really uh, worship and take homage to him. Now, I want to go to now to where uh, Acts second chapter where, um, which in the scripture lesson, as well as Jeremiah 31, uh, what the new covenant of putting the spirit in a man and what the Holy Spirit has manifested. So he showed that in the, on go to the day of Pentecost. 
Um, just read um, Acts 2, uh, 1 through 7. All right, that's Acts 2 and 1. Mm-hmm. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Get that on the uh, 40, on the, uh, on the, not, I mean, on the pattern plan of salvation chart. Sorry. Uh, okay. Now, see, so we're talking about when the day of Pentecost was fully come. Okay. We're all in this upper room. Although the Holy Spirit fell on them. Just read for me at where you at. Okay. The second verse. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Now you see where all of them at there. That's wonderful to be able to say, wow, this is an example. And someone to see that had to really be there, or that spirit had to be there with them. Mm-hmm. So now we're seeing it and we can be there, but we're not Jews for seven years uh, after this point um, when that Holy Spirit was poured out on them seven years they preached and they were persecuted during that period but then the Gentile conversion came and I'm going to just jump to um, go to Acts 2.14 right there All right, it's Acts 2 and 14 but Peter standing up with the eleven lifted up his voice and said unto them ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you, and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. See, they were speaking, what a lot of people say in tongue, but they were speaking in their own language, or everybody understood each other, mm-hmm. the Hebrew language, or the language that they spoke. In other words, the Holy Spirit was unified. Mm-hmm. Read. For these are not drunken, as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith Yahweh, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens will I pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The, sh- the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the, before the great and notable day of Yahweh come. Okay, so um, that's how Pentecost, in other words, it was a marvelous day. It was promised, prophesied, and fulfilled, actually um Holy Spirit was poured out into their heart and mind. Now get over uh, when the Gentile conversion, which um, at Cornelius' house, uh, he was a Italian centurion, um, which meant that he ruled in that service over a hundred men to be a centurion. Uh, but he was a devout man, and um, he wanted to have. Peter come down there to preach to him. So at any rate, Peter, uh, they know that the Holy Spirit had been poured out on Jews, but the uncircumcised, those that were not circumcised, the um, devout Jews didn't believe they should get the Holy Spirit, but this shows the power of Yahweh. Um, 
start at Acts 10, 34 to 36, and All then right. 38 to 45. Okay, that's Acts 10 and 34. Mm -hmm. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, of a truth I perceive that Yahweh is no respecter of persons. Mm. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh don't care whether you're black, white, blue, green, whatever color, mm -hmm. nationality, all that, he don't care about that. He look at the inside. That's why the only place he want to put his spirit inside of you. Read. Right. But in every nation, he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. Mm -hmm. The word of Yahweh, excuse me, the word which Elohim sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Yahshua the Messiah. He is master of all. That word, I say, ye know, which was published throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. Mm -hmm. Let me keep going. 38. You got 38? Yeah, 38. Okay. How Elohim anointed Yahshua of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Now you hear this? He anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. Nobody else had this but him. Just always remember that. Mm. Ain't no go-between. Otherwise, Yahshua Messiah is it. And that's all it is, is that mm. he is it. And then like he said, Yahweh has given me power over all flesh that he could give eternal life to as many as he has given him and that he was in life eternal to believe that the Father, Word, and Holy Spirit, these three are one. Mm -hmm. But read on where you're at to. All right. At the how, Yah how Yahweh anointed Yahshua of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for Yahweh was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree. Him, Elohim, raised up the third day and showed him openly, not, not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before Elohim, even us, who did eat and drink with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of Yahweh to be the only one ordained. Now, mm -hmm. never forget that. Mm -hmm. This is the only one had the right. He paid the cost to be the boss. Mm -hmm. His blood was the only blood that was worthy of fulfilling all those ordinances where they used sacrifices of animal blood, but none could match to his blood once and for all, all for once. Mm -hmm. His blood is what atoned all of our sins, and he's the one that can glorify us. Read on there. That's uh, 10 and 42. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he which was ordained of Yahweh to be the judge of the quick and the dead. To him give all the prophets witness that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. Through the name of Yahshua, mm -hmm. we're the only one that you can receive Remission of sins, read. That's uh, 43, I'm mm -hmm. sorry, 44. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all them which heard the word. Mm -hmm. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished. They as couldn't believe it. Those Jews say, wow, these boys ain't even circumcised and they getting what we got. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Spirit. Okay, that's a gift, you see. Mm -hmm. In other words, and then I want to finish up these uh, last few scriptures, uh, Romans 2 and 6. All right. Give me two seconds, I'm sorry. And 
After that, Romans 4 and 1. Okay. It's Romans 2 and 6. Who will render to every man according to his deeds? Now, this is what everybody's judgment, you got to face. Everybody's got to face this one. Mm-hmm. Read that again. Who? Who will render to every man according to his deeds? To them who by patience, patient continuance in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, tribulation, and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil, of the Jew first and also of the Gentile. But glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. For there is no respect of persons with Yahweh. Now you see that he's no respect whether you're a Jew, Gentile, and look at whether you believe in Judaism, Roman Catholicism, or Islam, any of those, he's not respecting that. He's respecting you from what he's shown you to be the truth. And that's why it's so beautiful to hear the truth preach from these charts, because there's nothing outside of these charts that can give you the detail that we have in them. I mean, it's just so awesome. But uh, how far are you that, uh, uh, Dorian? I am at uh, 12th verse when we go down to 16. 16, yeah, right. For as many as have sinned without law shall also perish without law. Mm -hmm. And as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are just before Yahweh, but the doers of the law shall be justified. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law. Now we don't have no law like they had, read. Do by nature the things contained in the law, these, having not the law, are a law unto themselves. Yeah, you're just going to be, just say, well, I think there used to be a stop sign, but it ain't, mm-hmm. so I'm just going to go through without slowing down. Mm-hmm. Read. 15. Which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and their thoughts the meanwhile accusing or else excusing one another. In the day when Yahweh shall judge the secrets of men by Yahshua the Messiah, according to my gospel. He's going to judge according to the gospel, which goes back to his death, burial, resurrection. That's the definition of it. And Paul said, I'm not ashamed of it because um, it's the power of Yahweh into salvation, the gospel. Yahshua's death, burial, resurrection. Just go to Ephesians uh, 3 and 1, and I'll end up there and read through 10. That's such a beautiful thing, too, to know that you were chosen and we're seeing things that no one else could see because he chose us out of the world to this glorious gospel. Mm-hmm. Read. Ephesians 3 and 1. For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Yahshua the Messiah, for you Gentiles. Now you hear that way you say, for you Gentiles, and after this conversion. Mm-hmm. So don't think it just stopped there. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it's still going on. Read. Second verse. If ye have heard of the dispensation of the grace of Yahweh, which is given me to you work, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I were, wrote afore in a few words, whereby when ye read, ye may understand my knowledge in the mystery of the Messiah, which in other ages was not made known unto now, the sons of Now this one known, to even to them boys out there coming in the law, all this one known, mm-hmm. only he got in and out of them. As he told Jeremiah, I'm, before you even born, man, I'm going to 
uh, ordained you to be a priest and a minister, a prophet and a minister. And that's the way he did all of them. Just got in and out of them when they got through with them, moved on to the next one. Read. Which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in the Messiah by the gospel, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of Yahweh given unto me by the effectual working of his power. Unto me, who am less than least of all the sons, is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches, riches of the Messiah, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in Yahweh, hmm. who created all things by Yahshua the Messiah to the intent that now until the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known the, the excuse me might be known by the assembly the manifold wisdom of Yahweh that's okay. 10 you want to keep going okay that's good and so this whole thing is that when we say behold the days come I'm going to make a new covenant not like it was back there with the Jews or Israelites because they broke the covenants. I mean, they broke it from day one, building that golden calf. When they got to heaven, they built a couple more golden calves. They married. They even went through child sacrificing, sacrificing their own kids, copying off of those Moabites and Ammonites. Uh, and that's why Yahweh had them destroy them uh, later on. But now we know that the only hope of glory is in Yahshua the Messiah. And I'm pleased to uh, provide whatever information anyone could get anything out of. And with those few words, I'd like to say thank the class for allowing me to speak. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Yule. And for our next speaker, it is a pleasure to call on Dr. Rhonda Brazil. We'll give her a second, Dr. Brazil. Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Okay. I am grateful for the Zoom convenience. Um, but what that means is that I'm able to travel and be out and about, which I am. And unfortunately, I'm not in a spot where I can speak. Um, if you give me well, I'm just not in a spot where I can speak clearly. Um, in a few minutes, I will be. But I genuinely want to say I appreciated the testimony of Dr. Ewell and bringing those things out. And that's part of some of the things that I have uh, recognized that Yahweh has allowed us to understand. And that and that understanding should be rehearsed uh, on a regular basis. And I'm very grateful and thankful that he took the time to rehearse that with us and um, allow us to, to um, allow us to understand what it is that um, Yahweh has allowed us to, 
degree. I um I I recalled and um had gone through that um information. And I don't want to say information because it's actually a revelation of how those tribes were uh, separated and um, what Yahweh did to bring them back together. Um, that was all repeated very well. It, it may be repeated with the events that we have seen transpiring within our own organization. Um, when the things that were going on within our organization to divide the uh, congregation, if you will, along the lines of those that were going to continue in the things that Yahweh has said, and then those that were going to follow something else that was said. That was, um, that was what uh, Yahweh made manifest right before our very eyes in our lifetime with the same separation that we see witnessed in the scriptures. Um, along this very much the same line, if you do the, go back there and look at that and read those scriptures and see how those tribes were separated, um, you will see the same spirit, if you will, manifested amongst them that were of the tribe of Judah or part of the tribe of Judah that were manifested, that same spirit manifested even amongst us. Oh, we lost her. Okay. I'm uh, here. Oh, there Sorry. you go. <laughs> um, I hope you can hear me a little better now. Yeah, yeah, we do. I just dropped my phone. Oh. Um, and I do apologize for any background noise. Um, but it should be much clearer now. Yes, you are. With, okay. When the controversies occurred, and call them controversies, um, but in reality, it's simply Yahweh's purpose repeating itself. When that occurred, and um, when you go back and you look at that, that happened amongst those tribes in Judah, you have Judah and Israel, as Dr. Yu has already gone through, in Judah, there were teams that wanted to continue in the things that Yahweh had given them. As Dr. Yu already said, there was a disobedience amongst those 10 tribes, that was the majority of the people that wanted to abandon the things that Yahweh had instructed them to do under the law. When he separated out Judah, the tribe of Judah. There were kings in Judah, more kings, I should say, in Judah, that wanted to continue in the things that Yahweh 
had originally given them. When I went back, Yahweh allowed me to go back and read that. And it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily with trying to understand everything I read. And I understand that Dr. Killing instructed that and many of the elders after him instructed that. Just go back and read the Bible. Read it to have that knowledge or information planted in you. Yahweh will give you the revelation later. You won't understand everything you're reading. But when I did do that, and I did see the repeat of what was happening back there with those separation of tribes happening within our organization, that actually strengthened within me the understanding that what Yahweh has said to us is absolutely real. What he's told us about the overturning and overturning is absolutely real. And therefore, when we're seeing something happening, when we go back in the scriptures, we can understand why it's happening that way. So oftentimes when I was reading the scriptures back there and there's some, there, there are a lot of instances of this. Um, particularly in the book of Judges, I remember a lot of things that um, those that were established as judges did with Israel through the prophets particularly in 1 Kings and Chronicles and 2 Kings and 2 Chronicles, which chronicles the activities of the kings. When you go back there, for myself, the book would, uh, my mouth would fall open because there were things that were happening in real time in class that those scriptures that were written already reflected and I, I mean it was unbelievable I would I would just be astonished we just said that in class the other day and that was exactly what was happening with the children of Israel so that also makes me hopeful because as doctor you already brought out the unification occurred with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit when it came back to being um, one Israel. And a lot of things have transpired since the separation of our branches and the separation of our doctrines. But what Yahweh has allowed, even with these Zoom meetings and um, with the broadcasts that have gone out all over the world, that there are many that have been in um, in these different um, classes that are hearing the gospel of the kingdom preached yet again, and that is a very hopeful um, occurrence in Yahweh that He would allow still the the opportunity to return to Yahweh as He had said to them in the scriptures, return to me. And um, Yahweh may allow that there are many that will return to him because of this. 
it is in the scriptures that they did that. Um, I don't know if this scripture, I can't recall if it was actually called, but it's in Isaiah where he said he would establish his kingdom in the top of the mountains and all the nations will flow into it. A Jew and Gentile. That's um, Yahweh told Israel that while they were disobedient and even Judah, he told them also that he would not always chide with them. In other words, he wouldn't strive with them all, all the time. But he would reconcile them. And that's what the Messiah's mission was, was to reconcile back into Yahweh. Dr. Brazil, you still there? I think we, hold on, let me see. Let's give her a few seconds. Yeah, it looks like she dropped off. Uh, all right. I'll give her just a few more seconds to see if she can reconnect. If not, then Juan, you can call on the next speaker. Oh, there she is. We see you, Dr. Brazil. Just unmute yourself. Sorry about that. No problem. Um, I'm going to conclude there, though. Um, I hope, and like I said, I really appreciate that we have this opportunity with the Zoom classes. Um, I'm off the time at work when I'm listening in on the Zoom on the weekdays. And I am thankful to Yahweh for that ability to be able to do that until he calls us back together in um, a physical building. We are able to still be connected um, in the spirit, in the cloud, like we truly got. Um, I apologize for any background noise, um, but uh, thank you for the opportunity and all praise to Yahshua's side. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Dr. Brazil. And for our next speaker of the evening, we will, it's my pleasure to call on. Um, give me one second. Dr. James Dye, Dean of the Muskegon, uh, Muskegon class. Dr. Dye. Good evening. Good evening. I appreciate the two previous speakers, and that was very interesting. Uh, talking about the separation of the kingdoms. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. We can hear you. You can hear me, right? Okay, we talked about, he talked about the separation of the kingdom, but I think there's a section in volume four, and he talks about the dividing of the kingdoms of Israel and Judah. So he talks about those things. So it's interesting, you know, when you go through the history. I mean, we talk about going from Genesis to Revelations. <laughs> Are we talking about going from beginning to ending or cosmogony, the eschatology? Uh, I want to do something. I want to go back. You were reading the eighth chapter of Hebrews for scripture, I believe. Was it uh, yeah, yeah. The eighth chapter of Hebrews. All right. Give me one second. And there is a division. You want to, if we want to continue that subject, but okay. Start at one. Yes. Okay. That's Hebrews eight and one. 
Now of the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. We have such an high priest. Now he has to say, he had some things that he was saying before that of the things. What did he say in the seventh chapter? Seven and one. All right. Seven and one. For this Melchizedek, yes. this Melchizedek, king of Salem. Now we have that on your chart on a uh, pattern of plan of salvation. He talks about Melchizedek and the Abrahamic promise. Okay. Continue. Well, yes. Well, maybe you ought to go to ages and dispensation where he has that that uh, dispensation of Abraham and Melchizedek is under dispensation. So, you know, yeah, well, okay. yeah, there, well, that's it. Yeah, I see, leave it there, leave it there. Go ahead, read. You kind of, where you at? I'm, all right. It's good where you're you at. Kinda, I see the chart. You know, Abraham, King Melchizedek, you're in the Okay, sorry, my uh, internet connection is having problems, so go ahead. Okay. Well, he talks about Melchizedek. Right. Can someone else try to read? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, back. Dr. Todd. I got you. Pick it up. I... Go back to the chart on the pattern of the plan of salvation because he has the picture there. See? Go ahead and read, please. Seventh chapter of Hebrews. Go ahead, Lauren. Whoever want to pick it up. I got it. That's Hebrews 7 and start at 1. Yes. All right. Now, I'm sorry. Hebrews 7 and 1. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High, Yahweh, who met, who met Abraham returning from now, the slaughter. About, uh, you're going to have to read a little slower because I'm going to interrupt you. Okay. So you might want to pause at the uh, commas and the periods. For right. this Melchizedek, king and priest of Salem. Okay. Read on. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High Elohim, who met Abraham. Now he's the priest of the Most High Elohim, and he met Abraham, what? Read on. Returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed he's him. He's returning from the slaughter of the kings, and he blessed Abram, because his name's later going to be changed to Abraham, but go ahead. To whom Read also on. Abram gave a tenth part of all, first being by interpretation, king of righteousness, and after that also king of Salem, which is king of peace. Okay. Without now, look at this chart here. Now you're looking in the most holy place according to the tabernacle pattern, and that's where you have Abraham kneeling before King Melchizedek right there uh read on because he's going to say something about no beginning of days or end of life that's third verse without father without mother without descent yeah mm -hmm. without father yeah. without mother go ahead I'll... without descent having neither beginning of days nor end of life but made like unto the son of Elohim abideth a priest continually. Now consider how well, great this made after the son of Elohim. 
female chestnut does not have any beginning of days or end of life or his genealogy is not recorded. Now what we're dealing with is like this. The next plate over that we're looking at is the migratory pattern. And you have the Abrahamic King Melchester pattern. So we're talking about kings. Now you got a whole first and second kings back there. You have judges and then you go into the kings. Now, according to this chart on the purpose of plan of salvation, according to the pattern, tabernacle, interior of the tabernacle pattern, in the most holy place, you have the Ark of the Covenant with two wings overshadowing the mercy seat. And that they and we use the term seat. Now that's where Yahweh Elohim would appear. Now what we pick up, we have the the transgression plate where Adam and Eve was given dominion over all the fish of the sea, the fowls of the air, and every creeping thing that creeping on the earth. He's like a king. Noah comes out the ark after the covenant, you know, and he comes out into a new kingdom, and he's the head of that family back there. And then as a type of Yahshua, the Messiah, you have King Melchester, who does not have any beginning of days or end of life. And he blessed Abram, tells him, who's barren, just like the earth was barren, that he's going to have a son. And that son's going to be Isaac. And he's going to, his name's going to be changed to Abraham. And, his, and Sarah, Sarai, going to be changed to Sarah. And their type of king and queen that he's going to establish through Abraham, you understand the nation of Israel. Now, Yahweh's taking a man, Abraham, and he's going to make a nation, or he's going to make a people, and he's going to promise them the line that Abraham walked through the, the length and breadth of that land thereof in Canaan land. They're going to say, but read on in the uh, uh, seventh chapter of Hebrews. Mm -hmm. Seven and four. Now consider how great this man was unto whom even the patriarch Abraham gave the tenth of his spoils. And verily they that are the sons of Levi, who received the office of the priesthood, have a commandment to take tithes of the people according to the law, that is, of their brethren, though they came out of the loins of Abraham. But he whose descent is not counted from them received tithes of Abraham and blessed him that had the promises. And without all contradiction. So, so tithes is being set up. Now they're blessed because Abraham received this promise. This is an Abrahamic promise. And through this man, Abra, Abraham, he's going to bless all nations of the earth. And that seed is going to be Yahshua the Messiah. So the top of that most holy place is typical of kings and kingdoms. And he runs that through as a type and a shadow. Go back to the eighth chapter of Hebrews. So he's Hebrews talking eight. about some things before. Now he's talking about some things after. He's talking about the, go ahead. Where you want me to pick up in the eighth? I'm Hebrews sorry. eight and one. Okay. Eight and one. First verse. Now the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. We have such an high priest. So he summarizes. We have such a high priest. Go ahead. We have such a high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. A minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which Yahweh pitched and not man. 
for every high priest. Now, Yahweh pissed the universe. Now, Yahweh pissed the universe, so he pissed the creation and the high priest in there. So if we look at this migratory pattern here and we talk about it, now the migratory pattern is before the interior of the tabernacle pattern. And when we look at this pattern as compared to the interior of the tabernacle pattern, we're looking at something. We're looking at Yahweh Elohim fulfilling the promise. He told Abraham he would go down to a land that he knew not of and be held in bondage. And we say 400 years or 430 years. But he, Yahweh Elohim was going to bring them out and give this seed, his descendants, that land. You know, that promised seed. They were going to inherit Canaan land. And then previously, we talked about what happened in the history of what happened to the children of Israel going down into the land of Egypt and how they multiplied, went down 70. So you have that's typical of those traveling from Ohio to California. And then he multiplied the sea. After 400 years, he brought them out through the divided waters of the Red Sea into the wilderness of Sinai. And he spoke these ordinances from Mount Sinai to Israel that we talk about that they had to keep. Now their final destination is Canaan land, but you can see how many, there's a lot of generations that he go through before they can get to, to Canaan land. Now he said, of the things we have spoken, this is the son, we have such a high priest, a minister of the sanctuary and a two tabernacle or the universe which Yahweh pitched and not man. So Yahweh Elohim himself made, made the world and everything in is typical of a pattern. So he's migrating in a sense, this migratory pattern is typical between the Abrahamic promise of Yahweh Elohim coming down from pure spirit through superincorporeal form, materializing the physical creation, and then going back or sending back from, from uh, physical to through incorporeal through superincorporeal back to pure spirit. So these, these, these plates, they're designed, they have some direction to them and they're typical of Yahweh in his purpose and his pattern and his plan of salvation. So what the children of Israel do when they get into the wilderness of Sinai, they out there, Yahweh tells them, uh, then we'll go back to uh, Exodus 25th chapter. Right. 25 and 1. All right, Exodus 25. I'm sorry, bear with me one moment. 25 and 1. Okay. And Yahweh spake unto Moses, saying, Speaking to the children of Israel, that they bring me an offering of every man that giveth it no, willingly. He's talking about. Okay. Go ahead, read on. For every man that giveth it willingly with his heart, ye they shall take my offering. Right. Yes. And this is the I'm sorry, Doctor. We have a we have a lag. I'm sorry about that. And this is the offering which ye shall take of them: okay. gold and silver and brass and blue and purple and scarlet and fine yes. linen and goat's hair and ram skins dyed red. Now there's one white. item there. There's goat's hair. There's ram skin dyed red. Read on. And badger skin and shittim wood. So you got goat's hair, ram skin, 
and badger skin. Read. Oil for the light, spices for anointing mm -hmm. oil, and for sweet incense. Onyx stone mm -hmm. and stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate. Mm -hmm. And let them make me mm -hmm. a sanctuary. So he's that talking I'm about something dealing with the priest. Let them make me a sanctuary. That, that I may dwell among them according to all the all that I shoot, show thee after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of the instruments thereof. Now it's, after the, the, it's after the pattern of the tabernacle. Now Moses saw that tabernacle when he ascended up into that mountain. He We say he saw Yahweh Elohim. You see, in a supercorporeal form, he saw the intangible tabernacle and it was covered. And we're talking, we read something about the covering of that tabernacle, if you see what I'm saying. Now, that was goat hair, ram skin, and badger skin. You talked about oil for the lights. Now, I want to go down to the curtains, mm -hmm. if you can get down there. You'll eventually get to that. Go ahead, read on, I guess. All right. And they shall make make an ark of chitin wood, two cubits and a half shall be the length thereof, and a cubit and a half the breadth thereof, and a cubit and a half the height thereof. And thou shalt overlay it with pure gold within and without shalt thou overlay it, and shalt make it upon it a crown of gold round about. And thou shalt cast four rings you know. of gold for it and put them in the four corners thereof. And two rings shall be in the one side of it, and then two rings in the other side of it. And thou shalt make stays of shittim wood and overlay them with gold. And thou shalt put stays into the rings by the side of the ark, that thou ark might be born with them. The staves shall be in the rings of the ark. They shall not be taken from it. Where yet? Go to the seventh verse. I'm at the 16th right now. Can you go to Did the seventh verse? Seventh verse? Well, I don't know. No, that's I'm in the wrong chapter. Go ahead. Let me see. Uh, you, you're looking for the curtains, you said? 23. Now that's the tabernacle. Yeah, I'm looking for the bales and the curtains. I think that is 26. Uh, Okay, 26 and 7. Go to 26 and 1. And 1, starting 1. All right. Moreover, thou shalt make the mm -hmm. tabernacle with 10 curtains of fine twine, linen and blue and purple and scarlet, with cherubims of cunning, work shalt thou make them. The length of one curtain shall be mm -hmm. 8 and 20 cubits, and the breadth of one curtain, 4 mm -hmm. cubits, and every one of the curtains shall have one measure. The five curtains yes. shall be coupled together one to another, and other five curtains shall be coupled one to another. And there, mm -hmm. and thou shalt make loops of blue upon the edge of the one curtain from the selvage in the coupling, and likewise shall thou make in the uttermost edge of another curtain in the coupling of the second. Mm -hmm. 
50 loops shall thou make in the one curtain, and 50 loops shall thou make in the edge of the curtain that is in the coupling of the second, that the loops may take hold one yes. of another. And thou shalt make 50 taxes of gold and couple the curtains together with the taxes, and it shall be one tabernacle. And thou shalt make curtains of goat's hair to oh, yeah. be a covering upon the tabernacle. Eleven curtains shall thou make. The length of one curtain shall now, be thirty. What cubits. we're talking about, I want you to pause there. I want you to pause there. Okay. Now what are we talking about? Now what we're talking about, this tabernacle has a most holy place and a holy place. It's gonna have boards standing up. You understand? He's explaining the substance. So we talk about Yahweh as spirit, source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. Now, Yahweh being pure spirit and being the source and the substance. Now, if he's going to make this tabernacle, he's got to get this substance. So the children of Israel has to take all this substance out there they got from the land of Egypt. You know, they're going out into the desert of the world wilderness of Sinai and they're carrying all this gold and stuff and they're traveling and and you know until they get into their journey they're not they they're not gonna stop and buy anything they got all this stuff in the desert you know what's important in the desert you need stuff that you need to live by so they take this substance Yahweh's gonna take this substance and he's gonna build this tabernacle so what we're talking about, now we're talking about the curtains. Now, where are the curtains? Because we were, you were discussing some the other day. You were talking about, uh, I don't know, talking about the, the man in the tabernacle. And we were discussing the man. Now, we're looking at the tabernacle, and we got this man made in the image of Elohim by the pattern of the tabernacle. We got the tabernacle on one side, you see, and you have the tabernacle man on the other side. Now, what you have when you deal with that, the most holy place and holy place, we say, well, that's covered. The abdominal cavity is uncovered, but it's all covered by skin. So when we look at this thing and we talk about, and I was, we were discussing, we were saying that there's a layer, a layer of hair over this tabernacle. See, and we talk about the tabernacle of man there's uh, two layers of skin, bad skin, and he said some other, some other skin. I don't remember exactly what it was. And then you have these curtains. Now, what these curtains are going to do that you're talking about when he talks about the most holy place and the holy place, and it's going to have a covering on it. See, you're going to have goat, goat's hair, two layers of skin. But below the layers of skin, you're going to have these curtains. These curtains are going to be uh, similar to the veils. They're going to be blue, purple, and scarlet. And they're going to be engraved with angels on them. And they're going to cover the top of this tabernacle. And these things are going to be covered. They're going to be tied down with patches. You're going to have these sockets of silver that's going to sit into the board that's going to cover the most holy place and the most, most, most holy place and the holy place. So if you go, okay, I see the sign. Five minutes. Okay. So now what I want to do is go to the uh, archetype pattern of the universe chart. 
and I'm going to be looking in the cloud up there on top of Mount Sinai. And we're going to look at the tabernacle in the beginning and the tabernacle in the end. Uh, archetype original pattern of the universe chart. Yes, now what you look at there, you see Moses granted a revision of Elohim in 1490 BBY. You see the book that Yahweh Elohim has wrote. You see Elohim, you have Yahweh Elohim and Yahshua on that superincorporeal body. You see the tabernacle that is covered. You can see how he's divided the most holy place from the holy place. Now what you see on the top would be that goat's hair. You understand on the other end, you understand now you would not necessarily see the coverings now when he talks about covering that tabernacle and he talks about that line that you see right there between the most holy and holy place and the in the holy place where they're attached by attaches so he's talking about these curtains these curtains that he's talking about is not the veil see that veil that those curtains the blue purple and scarlet curtain is a covering under the hair and the two layers of skin. Now, as we compare that, you're comparing that to the, the, the covering of the man back there. You said you had two layers of skin and then you had a, a layer under there. You understand? And I forgot exactly what the words were that was there. But when you look at this tabernacle and the way he constructed it, and it's going to be made in the image and likeness of man, and not only man, because on the sixth day, what you would have first is the, on the sixth day before you get the man, you get the beast of the field and the cattle. If you were to read about them, <coughs> excuse me, the sixth day, and they're covered with hair also, if you understand what I'm saying. So we're looking at this pattern, and then we go in and say that man, Genesis 1 and 26. Genesis 1 and 26? Mm-hmm. All right. That's Genesis 1 and 26. And Elohim mm -hmm. said, let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Yes. So, El so Elohim created man in his own image, in the image of Elohim created he him, male and female created. Now, what we simply say is this, I simply say this, I say that physical man on the sixth day looked just like, okay, all right. So as my time has expired, I'll stop there. And I want to say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Dye, uh, for your testimony. Thank you, Dr. Rhonda Brazil, for calling in, even at work, for your testimony. We do apologize uh, to the class. We want to thank you guys for bearing with us. We had some technical issues. Um, there were a lot of delay and... Uh, going on so it kind of made it made it uh, kind of choppy this evening nonetheless we hope that you enjoy the gospel being preached uh tonight and we thank you again for visiting with us our classes in southfield are here
um, Tuesday and Thursdays from 6.30 to 8.30 Eastern Standard Time. And on Sunday, our new time of 11.30 to 1.30. Once again, thank you again for joining us. We will now have doxology taken from the last verse of Jude. Now to him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise Elohim, our savior, through Yahshua, the Messiah, our sovereign, belongs glory, majesty, dominion, and power, both now and for all times. Let us all say, hallelujah. 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 hallelujah.